0: Ricky Gross grew up on Moya Mincing Avenue in Philadelphia. He would refer to it as the gateway between South Philly and Center City. The neighborhood was filled with Asian markets, Wawa convenience stores, and the corner bodega that would sell cigarettes to minors and let you hang out, too. Wawa is the Delaware Valley's answer to 7-Eleven or Cumberland Farms. It is like comparing a Lexus to a Hyundai. The stores are clean known for varied gourmet coffees and have every convenience one may need. They are open 24-7, 365 days a year, and the staff is courteous and polite. Hot dogs don't look like they have been rotating for several weeks, and they have the complete line of another Philly delicacy, tasty cakes. What more could you ask for at 3 in the morning coming off a night of partying? On any given day... One could hear hip hop, salsa, or classic rock intermingling down various blocks. Except for the character, street names, and history, it was not so different from its closest big city neighbors of New York or Baltimore. The architecture displayed a mix of Philly-style row homes and decaying stucco-covered walls badly in need of repair. There were churches protruding with ornate Doric accents, as well as gated stone structures built to endure the ages. Recreation areas were not lost, as one could pass concrete baseball diamonds painted with day-glow orange bases or pothole-ridden basketball courts with netless rims. Ricky's father had worked for SEPTA, the city's regional transportation line, driving the elevated trains down Frankfort Avenue or on an occasional maintenance vehicle when the snows took their toll on Philadelphia commuters. He was a hard-working, hard-playing man who was greatly admired by his son. All he asked of Ricky was to keep his nose clean and stay out of trouble. His mother worked four afternoons a week at St. Paul's, cooking for the priests, and was paid under the table. She would always say that you couldn't hide it from the big guy upstairs and taxes would be collected one way or another. The income helped support her husband, Ricky, and Rick's sister, Jolene, who was four years younger. In high school, Rick managed to stay out of major trouble but still liked to play a bit on the edge. Senior year, he was taking bets on football, using strip sheets that commanded odds one to one and a half points higher than Vegas and with parlays whose prizes were about as common as getting a diamond ring in a crackerjack box. Business boomed, and he teamed up with a jock named Carlson Mickles, who liked a good running mate. Carlson added constituents, all big donators, to Rick's sideline bookmaking. Now, about thirty years later, Rick, dropping the youthful Y, and Carl, dropping the son, were still at it. They had set up a sweet business near Locust Street called Full Service Concierge. Throughout their lives, they both had bounced in and out of trouble and jail, but avoided any major felonies. Rick had served a small stint in Allenwood for numbers, breaking and entering, and false identification, all pleaded down to misdemeanors with little incarceration time. Rick could be considered an anomaly of sorts, Being able to mix it up with Philly street lingo or sport a $2,000 Ralph Lauren suit with his upscale clientele. Carl styled himself after all-American mobster Henry Hill, hanging with some made mafia guys and doing some numbers collecting, loan sharking, and basically whatever was asked of him short of violent crimes. Their paths crossed over two decades and they decided to start full service which would offer a kaleidoscope of hard-to-get venues in the city of brotherly love.